Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 36 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Caroline Vazana, a prominent influencer in the fashion industry who does partnerships, collaborations, and attends events with people like Betsy Johnson, Christian Siriano, and Heidi Klum. Caroline started her career in fashion journalism, but quickly realized she wanted to do more than that. So she quit her day job to start her own company and blog, Making It in Manhattan, which covers everything you need to know to make it in Manhattan, from resume tips to how to sit front row at Fashion Week. In the interview, Caroline and I talk about the top three things you can do to start your own fashion blog, how to plan and prepare for quitting your day job, and how to never take no for an answer. Um, there definitely is some rejection in it for sure. And I think that's a big part of working in fashion that you just need to genuinely be ready for is, you know, people are going to say no to you, but you need to take it all in stride and you need to smile because I always say no just means not right now. Caroline's also generous enough to give us a behind-the-scenes glimpse into her personal life. Things like, does she really have a photographer following her around town? How big her closet actually is? And how many of the amazing clothes she gets to wear are hers or are they borrowed? Now, before we get started for the interview, I'll remind you guys that I recently released the 20,000-word Ultimate Guide to Being a Freelance Fashion Designer. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's absolutely free. You can grab it at sfdnetwork.com slash freelance to learn everything you need to know from how to figure out and negotiate your rates to reaching out and finding new clients and exactly what to put in your portfolio and how to present yourself professionally. It's a fantastic resource and I've already gotten tons of feedback and designers are seeing real results from this. So definitely check that out. On that note, next week, I'll be opening up enrollment to my brand new mastermind and coaching program to help designers like you either start or grow your freelance career. Whether you're brand new to freelancing and want to start earning some money on the side, or you have a few clients but want more so you can quit your day job and go full-time, this program is for you. Seats are extremely limited and I'll only be accepting a small group of dedicated people to make sure I get to work hands-on with everyone to help you get the real results that you need. If you're interested, add your name to the VIP list at sfdnetwork.com slash freelancer and when the program opens, I'll email you with all the info. As always, if you don't want to miss out on any upcoming episodes, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And if you enjoy the show, I'd be thrilled if you'd take 30 seconds to leave a rating or review on iTunes. It helps out so much. You can do that at sfdnetwork.com slash review. Now, on to the interview with Caroline. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 36. 
welcome, Caroline, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here and hear about all the amazing stuff you're doing. Um, can you please start by introducing yourself to everybody and let us know what you do in the fashion industry? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Caroline Bazana, and I'm a fashion editor, stylist, blogger, influencer, and I'm the founder of the website Making It in Manhattan. Awesome. And so I, I know a little bit about your journey, but I'd love for you to kind of talk everybody through where you started in the industry, how you got in, and then how you got to where you are now. Because if I'm not mistaken, you started in doing magazine editing, correct? Yes. Yes. So how did all of that come about? Did you go to fashion school? Like, how did you build your career initially? Sure. So I went to a small liberal arts school in Reading, Pennsylvania, and I really enjoyed it because for me, I knew I wanted to be in fashion, but I just wasn't sure like what facet of the industry exactly I wanted to be in. So I was able to have sort of a general fashion major. It was called fashion design and merchandising, but I wasn't locked down in one thing. So I was able to kind of create my own course load and things like that. And then um, while going there, I started doing internships. And my first internship was with a women's wear designer, Anna Sui, in New York City. I did it over the summer. Um, thankfully, I am from New York. So it made interning in the city during the summer um, very easy. And I got to just commute every day. Um but which was very nice. But um, I was in her production department. It was a great experience. And it was really my first ever experience in fashion. And it made me realize, okay, I definitely want to be in fashion. But now I was still hungry. I was like, okay, well, what else is there from just working for one designer? So I really was interested in working for several designers. And that's where I kind of got into magazine journalism. So the summer after that, that summer, after my internship with Anna Sui, I interned at Marie Claire magazine. And that's when my love for fashion journalism happened. And then after that, I went back to school for my senior year. And when I graduated, I got a job at Teen Vogue. And then after working at Teen Vogue for a year, I was um, a fashion assistant there. I vet for print. I should verify. I was on the print side. So I was doing, you know, photo shoots. I was doing requests. I was doing all that great stuff. And then after being there, I was like, hmm, I think I want to try out the digital side of a magazine because I'm the kind of person I always just want to see what else is out there. I'm always interested in, okay, well, what's next? There's got to be more than just this. You know, I want to learn as much as possible. I love learning. So I then went to InStyle and I worked on the digital fashion team and I was, you know, interviewing designers and doing market content all for .com and I absolutely loved that. Um, but then after being there for about two years, again, I was like, okay, well, the industry changing so much. Magazines are obviously changing so much. What else is there? So the idea of being my own boss was kind of always in the back of my mind and it was something that just over time, it got louder and louder and louder. And I couldn't shut it out. I was like, okay, I really think I want to be my own boss. And I started meeting with some um, people I knew who were also freelance and who were also their own bosses. And eventually, it just kind of got to a what I call a now or never kind of point. And I just decided to take the plunge. And it's been a little over a year now. And I'm just so happy. And yeah, it's kind of everything I hoped it would be. 
Okay. Wow. So congratulations on that, making it to the first year or over the first year marker. That's really fantastic and definitely something to be super proud of. Um, I want to like unpack that a little bit though, because I mean, you most of the time, and maybe I'm wrong, people don't just like quit and up their up and quit their day job and say, I'm going to be my own boss. And then magically it just happens. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of work that goes behind the scenes and yes. a lot of effort and scary risks. And so I'd love for you to kind of like talk us through, you know, when did you decide, okay, I want to be my own boss. I'm going to commit to this. Did you start doing stuff on the side during your day job? And then, mm-hmm. you know, what was that transition really like? And then I'd love to like kind of go through the, the year that you've had so far. But first starting out, what did that look like initially? Yeah, so for sure, the last answer was definitely a mouthful and kind of just the abridged version of everything. Um, but I guess after working at InSouth for maybe a just a couple of months, the idea of kind of working for myself just kind of crept in. I had a lot of friends who were freelance writers and who were also bloggers and influencers. So I think just watching them and following their careers on Instagram, that was kind of just like the initial interest that, you know, it sparked my interest. That was the beginning of it. Um, and then from there was when I was like, okay, well, if I went out on my own, what what would I do? So I was like, okay, I'd probably be freelance writing. I would like to be styling. And, you know, I would potentially like to be running my own website. So some things that, you know, I was doing on the side to start already building my freelance career was, first off, I was styling. So I have a couple of small clients who I'll style for movie premieres and red carpet events and things like that. So while still being full-time, I was doing that on the side. So whether it was a weekend or at night or whatever it might be, I was styling them for, you know, various things. So that was how I was first off getting my kind of foot in the door of freelancing and my name out there and freelancing and stuff other than just being in magazines. And then I also started my website, Making It in Manhattan, but just, you know, very much so as a baby, and by that, I mean, you know, just getting the URL, getting a generic build of the site up and just getting some some preliminary kind of content just to kind of get the word out there. Because I obviously didn't have as much time now where, you know, I have a team of writers and we're posting every day, sometimes more than once. And then it was just me and I was just posting like maybe once a week or something like that, just to start gaining a following and gaining all of that. Um, but then obviously, you know, as the website was building and taking off and as I was doing more styling, then the idea of like, okay, could I do this full time? Could I really, you know, take this risk, go out on my own? Can I do this? So I think for me, it was kind of writing everything down and kind of building a kind of like a spreadsheet of number one, where's my income going to come from? Um, I also made sure to like save a little nest of money. I always, you know, I have people message me on Instagram and ask me, you know, what's your biggest advice before you go out on your own? And I really think you should save up some money because no matter what you're doing right away, if it doesn't take off from the bat, just to have something to fall back on really makes, you know, really makes a difference and is very helpful. And then, you know, I was just continuing to build up my website and get the name out there so that when I did take the leap and decide to do it full time, it kind of was already out there and people knew that, 
oh, that's Caroline's side project. So it kind of makes sense. Um, I'm very big on like building a personal brand and making sure nothing feels random and that everything kind of fits into place. So kind of just building that. And then before I left also, I kind of reached out to my contacts and was talking to a bunch of them and was just letting them know, hey, I'm going out on my own, you know, would love to get coffee, see how we can continue to work together, see what we can do. Because now one of the things that I really love is I get to work with all my contacts, but in different ways, rather than just, you know, maybe writing a story about one of their brands, I can do an Instagram collaboration with them, or we can, you know, partner together on some video content, whatever it might be. It's really great. But so yeah, so eventually after I kind of got my ducks in a row, but I, I always say too, when you got on your own, you know, maybe what you think's going to happen, it, <laughs> it life will give you what it wants to give you. It's, you know, whatever your plan might be, it never works out exactly how you think it's going to ever, even, you know, if you are the most organized person, life's going to throw a wrench in your plans. But so for the most part, I had things lined up, but then at the end of the day, I always say you could wake up every day and be like, oh, I'll take the risk tomorrow or I'll, I'll do it in a month when I, you know, it's the holidays right now or whatever it might be. I'll wait. Um, but I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a firm, like life's too short kind of person. And if I don't do it now, I'll just keep pushing it off. And it, I'm not going to lie. It was scary. It was really scary to just kind of like drop what I thought was my dream job um, to pursue, you know, what I was like, this could be my dream. This could be the life I've always dreamed of living. It really can be. Um, but at the same time, it could have been a huge failure. So I think it was just kind of, you know, being like, let's do it. It's kind of like just, you know, going skydiving and jumping out and hoping for the best, but it thankfully worked out. And so far, everything has been <laughs> very good. Yeah. Well, um, okay. There's so many things I want to, I want to touch on that you just brought mm -hmm. up. One is, um, you said you made a spreadsheet and I'm a huge spreadsheet nerd. So I love that you did that and kind of got into Excel and really organized and outlined everything and created a plan. Um, mm -hmm. you know, saving the money up front, super, super, super smart. And then, mm -hmm. you know, kind of lastly, is just taking that risk and saying, oh, I could do it tomorrow, I could do it next month, because that's a very comfortable space to be in to just keep putting it off and off and off. But, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, you've got to take that jump. So I love that that your attitude and your mindset on all that is to just jump and make it happen. Um, but like, I want to dig a little bit further into, you know, you said you put up the site, and you started blogging. And it, anyone essentially can put up a website and start blogging, but it's yeah. very easy to sort of have your website and well, why is nobody visiting and what do I do about SEO and people just get all sort of tangled up and how do I promote this and do I just spam it on Facebook or spam it on Instagram? Um, mm -hmm. And you've obviously built up a place where you've got a lot of content, you've got readers, you've got um, so a team of people writing for you. You know, what mm -hmm. did that really look like to promote your content, to get it out there, to get people reading the stuff that you were writing? Did you do anything strategic to help build that momentum on your site? So I think the first thing that I did was before even like putting the site live, I made sure I had 
at least five stories. So, you know, I wouldn't want someone to go to my site when I make this big announcement, like, oh, making it a Manhattan's Live, and then there's one article. So um, I made sure to bank my content. And then as far as SEO goes, I, you know, did have a writing background and a digital writing one at that. So I was and still am very familiar with SEO and with writing headlines and things like that. So I definitely think that kind of, you know, gave me one step up. And I also had a lot of connections in the industry. So a lot of them were interested in, oh, what's Caroline doing now? What is this thing? So a lot of them were just like going to look at it because they wanted to see what it was. And then, you know, they were coming back and giving me great feedback and things like that. Um, so for me, it, it was very organic in the growing of the site. And also, you know, at the end of the day, career advice is something people want. They want to read that. They, everyone, you know, I always say that the title is Making It in Manhattan. Um, but the idea of making it in Manhattan is just, Manhattan's like the dream place. So it's kind of making it anywhere. You know, it's not only that I write about New York, but it just, that's kind of like, in a quote unquote way, like the American dream. You know, you come to New York with maybe a hundred dollars in your bank account to follow your dreams. And I think, you know, people search Manhattan and people search, you know, how do I, you know, land my dream job? So people were searching things that I was writing about. And I think that helped a lot. And, you know, I started this site as a passion because I could remember what it, what it was like. Um, when I was just first starting out, I knew no one. I had no connections to fashion. You know, no one in my family is in fashion, but I just wanted it so bad. I was so passionate and I still am. So I just did my research and I figured it out along the way, but I would have, have loved to have a resource like making it in Manhattan to turn to and someone to turn to who I could have maybe messaged for advice or I could have written to or I could have just gone to their site each and every day and read everything they wrote because I'm literally, you know, spilling my secrets over on making it in Manhattan. So I, you know, would have loved to have it. So that's why I started it. So I think there was just a very, there was a fan base for it. There was someone who wanted to read this. Yeah. Then, then SEO, of course, and things like that. But I always do say when I'm, you know, in an interview or anything, a lot of my success from the site I have to give to having worked in magazines for sure. And just in terms of knowing what type of content, the format, the SEO, mm -hmm. some of the strategic stuff behind it, is that what you mean by that comment? Yes. Like, for example, just how to even write a digital story and how to format it. Like, for example, in headlines, odd numbers do better than even numbers and lists do really well and things like that, that, you know, I'll take on writers sometimes who are new writers and I'm happy to mentor them and help them. But it's interesting because I worked in magazines and I already just know these things. So they'll send in a piece to me and then I'll go over it and try to edit it with them. And, you know, I'm just teaching them things that they just really didn't know about um, formatting a digital article and that I just was lucky enough to learn while working full time. So for sure, like formatting SEO and then how to write a headline really helps. Yeah. So what would be like your like if I wanted to start a fashion blog tomorrow, if I'm someone in the audience listening and I want to start a fashion blog mm -hmm. tomorrow, you know, what could be maybe the top three things that you would say to focus on uh, to help make that successful? So 
Number one is research. Do your research. Um, see who else is out there. You know, make sure the name of the site that you're trying to pick isn't taken. Just like general research. Google is amazing. Go to Google, do some research. Then you have to figure out what your voice is. Are, I always say, like, are you very comedic in your writing? Are you more serious? Are you very conversational? What is your voice? And also, what's your personal brand? Why, why are you here? You know, what do you have to say? What, what are you going to add to the conversation that's already happening that isn't being said? I think those are some of the most important things because there's obviously so many blogs out there. So, you know, why should I read your website? I think really sit down and think about that and even come up with a mood board, make a spreadsheet, come up with, you know, okay, this is my brand's message and my voice is going to be X, Y, and Z. And, you know, this is why we're going to do it this way. Really write it out. And then, um, you know, once you do find your brand voice and you've done your research and you have a great brand name, then work on designing a really beautiful site because people like simplicity. They want to go to your URL and they want to be able to see the newest content or they want to be able to, you know, people don't like things that are too complicated. I feel like people have short attention spans. They want to go to your site and be able to see it right away. So work on whether you're good at design or you have a friend that's good at design, work on really designing a beautiful site, just a clean site. It doesn't have to be super complicated. It can be simple. And also make sure that it then again fits your brand. Make sure that, you know, your brand's not super serious, but then your website's, you know, pink or something like that. Make sure that it's all very cohesive. That's what I always talk about too in like building a personal brand you know, make it cohesive across everything you do, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, just you as a person in real life, like you are the brand, make sure that it's all very cohesive. Yeah, that's great advice. And something I'll definitely compliment you on. I mean, your Instagram is beautiful and really does speak to you as a personal brand. Um, so great job on that. And also, Thank you. yeah. And also though, great job on building. You have a very substantial following. I think you're approaching like 25,000 people. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting upwards to there, which yeah. is really crazy. So can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to build that audience and how that's been beneficial for your brand? Yeah. So, you know, building a following, just on Instagram, I'm going to talk about is not easy. Um, obviously, with the algorithm that we're all aware with, Instagram filters in content in a very difficult way. So sometimes being seen is very difficult. Um, but one thing I will say is just if you are consistent, and you post consistently and you know, have a clear brand voice. And by consistent, I mean, like, either once every single day or one one to two times every single day, because I'll fluctuate. Maybe one day I'll post two times, one day I'll post once. Um, but definitely posting every day, posting content that makes sense for you and for who you are as a brand. You know, I would maybe, ne I would never post a black and white photo on my feed. I just wouldn't. It's not who I am or it's not my aesthetic. So, staying true to your aesthetic, even though, you know, maybe a brand's approaching you and wants you to post something, you know, whatever it might be, 
it's fine to work with brands, obviously, but always put your own spin on it. But so posting, you know, consistently having an aesthetic that's true to you. And that's also, I keep using the word consistent, but consistent. Um, and then I think also just making sure your feed flows nicely. Um, I try my best. Obviously I post a lot of colors. I don't stick to one color scheme. You know, some Instagrams stick to maybe like gray with hints of pink or, you know, mainly gray with, you know, a red kind of feel or a vintage vibe or whatever it might be. Mine is just very colorful, but I always try to make the colors flow. So I try to, if I'm posting like some red outfits, I'm not going to then just in the middle of nowhere post like a blue outfit. It just wouldn't look aesthetically pleasing to the eye. So kind of making your content flow and tell a story, I think I think it looks really nice and it'll help if people go to your page and obviously they want to look at nice pictures. That's what Instagram's kind of about or they want to be inspired or whatever it might be. Creating a page that looks really beautiful, I think always helps. And that's also just fun, you know, have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. It's fashion, it's social media, just have fun. And if you're having fun, I think other people can see that you're having fun. Cause I mean, I have a lot of fun. I hope people can tell that I actually really like what I do and I like the pictures I post and I'm having a lot of fun. So I think if you're having fun and you like it and you're enjoying it, I think that that'll come across. Yeah. It is very clear in your feed that like, you're just, you're out there making it Manhattan and you are having an absolute blast wearing a ton of color, which is like so fantastic. It's like a breath of fresh air for anyone who's ever spent a fair amount of time in Manhattan. It's a lot of black. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's great. Um, and Thank then- you. Yeah, you're welcome. And you mentioned a couple times collaborating with brands and mm-hmm. you do, I mean, from what I see on your Instagram, it looks like you do a fair amount of collabs and you mm-hmm. go to a lot of like really big events. I mean, you're pictured mm-hmm. with Heidi Klum and you're hanging out with Christian Siriano and it's mm-hmm. it's pretty phenomenal. So can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to secure some of these partnerships and get to these events? And I know like one of the blog posts on your website is how to get front row seat at fashion week. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, how have you been able to sort of climb this ladder and get access to these big names, these awesome events and these collaborations with brands? So I think, so starting with just brand collaborations, Um, as far as my personal journey goes, when I first went out on my own, a lot of people still just saw me as editor. And I actually wrote about this, um, in a post that I did about what it means to be an influencer recently, because I was kind of just writing about my journey and, you know, what the word influencer even means and all that kinds of stuff. But so for a while, many people just saw me as an editor, a lot of brands that I was friends with though I had worked with them for years and they loved me, they didn't yet see me as someone that they really wanted to collaborate with when I first, and it wasn't, you know, anything against me. It was just, they didn't see me in that light yet. So it took me being very consistent and, you know, asking them to go to coffees and sending them ideas I had on brand partnerships and collabs and telling them, you know, I would really, really love to work with you and I would love to collaborate and I'd love to take over your Instagram account whenever it might be, I think being consistent, like following up consistently and like not giving up, I think is something that's really 
worked for me. And obviously throughout that time, when I first went on my own, I didn't have that many followers either. So throughout the past year, I really worked on building my Instagram account. And I think that has definitely helped as well. So half of it is maybe me reaching out and half of it is brands that I'm friends with reaching out to me. But it definitely took a while to get to a spot where you know, I was finally seen in a light that like, you know, a lot of brands wanted to work with me. And I would say over the summer, um, or late spring, early summer was when that shift really, really like fully forced happened. Um, I got to appear in like this video campaign. And then soon after I did this huge Facebook live and campaign video with this other brand. So it was just kind of, it started to be kind of like a trickle down effect. I did one thing and then all these things sort of happened. Um, but again, if you're just, I think for me, what also has drawn in, in brands for me is that I, as you said, like I post a lot of color and in New York City, that's kind of rare because New York City is very black and white. So brands who also love color and who love sparkles and who love glitter and who love you know, everything I kind of stand for, those are the brands that want to work with me. And those are the brands that I want to work with. So if you're putting it out there, people are going to see it. And, you know, eventually, if you just don't give up and keep doing it and keep doing you and don't let anyone stand in your way, like, it will happen. I always say, if you put positive energy out into the world, you will get positive energy back. That's like one of my, my biggest life things. Like if I wake up one day, and I just like, you know, say I wake up, stub my toe, whatever. And I'm like in a bad mood in the beginning of the day, I instantly sit down and I'm like, Caroline, you need to change your mood because if you're putting out like negative energy, you're going to get negative energy back. So it's all about like your mindset, especially I work with my, by myself a lot. So it's all about like being in tune with yourself and things like that. But so then it's hard. Well, hold on. I want want to interrupt really quickly because you said something that I just, I want to highlight. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was actually, when I first reached out to you to ask for the interview, I had read an article on your site that mentioned you were talking about that your journey and your transition from leaving your day job to going full-time entrepreneur. And you had made a comment in that article of like, I've written more emails in my first three months as an entrepreneur than I have in my whole career. And so I just I don't want to gloss over this, though, because you made the comment of the collabs with the brands like you pitched them, you sent out the emails, you told you gave them ideas, you told Mm -hmm. them, you know, why it would be great to work with you, what you have to bring to the table, how it would benefit them. And it is a lot of email sending. And (laughs) and I experience it, too, because I obviously do a lot of outreach to do podcast interviews. And so Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to gloss over that because it's a really important point of you have to put yourself out there. You have to ask for it. You have to show the brand some ideas, what you can do for them, what you have to bring to the table. And you're going to get a lot of no's, but you'll get some Mm -hmm. yeses. And then that builds, like you said, this spring, this summer, you've now started experiencing this trickle down effect where one thing's leading to another and it's, it snowballs and it takes time Mm -hmm. to build. Um, So just to reiterate, you know, the consistency, keep going forward, you're going to fall down, you're going to get no's, but you do have to put yourself out there. No one's going to come to you if they don't know about you. Exactly. I completely agree. And I think for me, you know, it wasn't hard, but I'll use the word maybe like nerve wracking. When I, you know, maybe decided, okay, like, I really want to do this, I'm going to start like, actively posting pictures of myself. And I'm going to actively, you know, 
wear what I want to wear and whatever it might be. That is, that's scary. It's nerve wracking. It's, you're putting yourself out there in a very public way. And obviously, you know, you're going to have your fan base and your followers who love you and support you and, you know, love what you're putting out there. But then there's going to be what I call quote unquote haters, you know, there's going to be that. So you have to just always take it all in stride. But I completely agree with what you said. Like, you really have to ask for what you want. You know, no one is going to read your mind. No one's going to fight for you as hard as you will fight for you. And no one's going to stand up for yourself like the way you will. So, you know, I completely agree with that. As you know, you were kind of touching on, yes, I have sent so many emails. And I think that's just something that's like in my DNA and in my nature, you know, when I want something, I won't stop until I get it kind of thing. And I'm going to work as hard as I need to work to get it. And, you know, for example, when I was applying for like my very first internship, you know, I had no connections, there was no Instagram, there was no really great internship resources like there are now. So I just had this, um, not to go off on a tangent, but I had this book for school that was just called like who's who in fashion and it just pretty much had like a glossary of fashion designers and I went through the whole entire book I googled every single designer's name and I found any kind of email I could to that company and emailed them you did yes (laughs) that's amazing That is how I got my first internship. And most of the contacts are just like info at whatevercompany.com. Oh, wow. So they were like, you know, black hole emails. (laughs) It was not the right email. You know, at the time, I had no idea. I was so like, I can do whatever, you know, like nothing's going to stop me, which was good. But, you know, half those emails probably no one read. Um, But eventually the internship I did get when I Googled her, there was an actual, you know, internships contact email on her website. But with that being said, you know, you're never too big, you're never too small, you're never too whatever to reach out, to spend the time to tell people why they should pick you and why they should hire you. You know, I I think, you know, from that time when I sent all those emails to now, I will similarly, if I'm trying to get a collaboration with a certain company or with a company or whatever it might be, like I will still sit down like I did that day with that book. Um, not with that book, obviously, because it didn't really work, but I will sit down and I will send out email after email. Um, I think, I don't think that's something that'll, I'll ever lose really. Yeah, that's great. I love that attitude. I love you just kind of <laughs> That's such a great story. I sent them all to info at hello at contact <laughs> Literally, at. <laughs> that's what it was. That's, and I kept like a running list of every single company I emailed because I wanted to like remember. And I just remember none of them answered. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> this isn't good. Yeah. Did you make a spreadsheet? At that time, I was still in college and I just hand wrote them down on a post-it note at my desk and I remember just looking at it every day and literally like channeling positive energy at the post-it note as if that would help. But hey, maybe it did. Who knows? You got your foot in the door and it, it started everything. Yep. I always say that. Yep. That's that's great. Started all. Um, Okay. And then, well, I know I'm going to go off on one other little tangent. I know we're kind of going all over the place with these questions. And I asked you like four questions in one with the last no, question. But yeah. you made a comment um, earlier in your story about how, you know, 
at first you felt a little awkward, like going around posting all these pictures of yourself. And I just have to know, and I think other people that are listening are going to want to know now, like you have amazing, glamorous pictures of yourself all the time. Do you have a photographer just following you around? Or like, what, I, that's a, is that an awkward behind the scenes question? But like, I just have to know. Of course. Of course. Uh, A lot of people ask me this actually. Um, I have a couple of photographers who I work with regularly. Um, one's a good friend of mine from college. Others are just friends I've met working in the industry. Um, I do not have one that like follows me around on the daily unless <laughs> I have like a big event I'm going to. Then I'll be like, hey, can my photographer come? Um, but most of the times I'll, you know, if I have like Sam posting a bunch of outfits, I'll maybe spend a day shooting like five outfits or something and then I'll save them for my Instagram and spread them out accordingly because then also if I'm going to events during the week that are cool and I'm going to be wearing something great, I can sprinkle those pictures in as well. Um, But I think also, you know, part of doing it is just building great contacts and friendships. You know, I'm really big on building friendships rather than just, oh, let's meet and do a quick photo shoot and you know, that's it. I, I really love like building relationships with these people because then, you know, we can grow together yeah. as they build up their career and everything. And I grow, build up mine, you know, we'll always look back on that day. We shot five looks in the <laughs> snow running around Manhattan and whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, so I, I try to take professional pictures as often as I can, but I also try to keep my feed very organic. So I'll throw in an iPhone picture. If I see something really beautiful and I just want to post it, I'll post it. I won't stop myself. You know, I want it to feel organic and I want to feel like my followers actually know me and that, you know, they can relate to what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that glimpse into your daily life. Of course. Of course. (laughs) That's always a fun part of the journey for everybody to get to experience. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, okay so the collabs with the brands you did a lot of outreach it now starts to come to you and if you want something you go out and you get it so next what about like getting access to some of these huge events that you go to what does that look like Mm -hmm. so it's interesting because a lot of people ask me this um it's a good mix between brands reaching out to me and just inviting me and being like hey caroline like we have you know, X, Y, and Z event happening, we'd love for you to attend, or we'd love for you to attend and interview someone or whatever it might be. I think, you know, it got, it's gotten to a point where I've gotten my name out there um, to a good enough point that brands are reaching out to me and invite me and inviting me. But with that being said, there are events as well that, you know, maybe I'll hear about from a friend or, I saw everyone attending a year ago and I I made a note to myself, hey, I want to go to that event next year. Um, I'll then make a note for myself. I'll do some research to maybe try to see like what PR firms hosting the event because there's, you know, a handful of PR firms in New York City who I work with mostly all of them. So sometimes it's just like finding out which events hosting it. And then if I'm able to reach out to the correct person, most of the time they're like, sure, we'd love to have you. But sometimes, you know, there is some rejection with it. If you either, you know, can't find the right contact or, you know, sometimes you might just be reaching out too late or at the end of the day, they might just be at capacity. Um, There definitely is some rejection in it for sure. And I think that's a big part of working in fashion that you just need to genuinely be ready for is, 
you know, people are going to say no to you, but you need to take it all in stride and you need to smile because I always say no just means not right now. So though someone might say no to me to a fashion week show or might say no that they don't want to collaborate, whatever it might be, in a year's time, I will probably have more experience and I'll hopefully have more followers or whatever it might be. So in a year's time, if I came back and asked the same question, the answer could be yes. You don't know. So I always say no just means not right now. Um, But with events, yeah, some of it's me reaching out. Some of it's them reaching out. Um, What I always just say, it's about building a network. It's about getting your name out there. The more events you're at and the more things you're attending and being like, quote unquote, seen at or whatever you want to say. I think that'll help you get access to more events as well. And also, if you know you go and you do really nice coverage on your Instagram and give the designer or the company or whoever it might be a lot of nice shout outs, I think that they'll be happy to have you, you know, every year they have the event. So just building that relationship. Yeah. Um, I, you had mentioned earlier and, and it, it kind of, uh, it reminded me of it when you made the comment of, you know, giving back to them, doing that coverage, tagging them, giving a bunch of, of great photos from it. And you had made the comment earlier about how you look at some of these collaborations and these people that you talk to and these relationships that you build as friendships. And I want to just point that out because it's something that I've been hearing from a lot of people lately is, you know, it's not, instead of using this word, and and you mentioned it as well, and we all say it all the time, but like going out and networking, which can feel like, oh, I'm just out to get something for myself, looking at Mm -hmm. it as a friendship, a collaborative process, because just as much as you may need something from them, they may need something from you. And it can be a great, Mm -hmm. amazing two-way street, and we can all grow together, which is essentially what you said with, you know, the photographer people that you work, the photographers that you work with, and some of the PR Mm -hmm. brands that you work with um, there's mm-hmm. always something that you can do for them as well and so looking at it as a more collaborative opportunity than mm-hmm. just hey I need this thing from you absolutely absolutely like if I'm ever for example maybe going to a big event and I really want to borrow something to wear from a designer I'll never just reach out and be like hey can I wear this and like that's it I'll always be like hi I'm going to this event I would love to borrow this um you know I'll provide you with images I take in the outfit. I'll definitely shout it out on my Instagram account. I'll put it in my stories, whatever it might be. You know, I think everything should be you wanting to help each other. And like, I just genuinely want to do that too. Like, I think it's fun for them to get to see me in the outfit that they sent me as well as I have fun wearing it. And it's just, it's fun to work together. And, you know, it's so fun. I love going to all these events because a lot of these people who maybe I've worked with now for three or four years have really become friends of mine. And they've become people that, you know, when we're together, we don't just talk business. We talk about our lives and our relationships and everything in between. So it's really nice when you can get to a point that you can say, you know, yeah, that that person is my friend or that, you know, whatever. Because then that's when your job really does become fun because it's not work it's just you getting to hang out with friends a lot and even just people you like and you know I think as I said before life's too short to just be like okay I'm here for business and that's it I think if you can kind of foster a deeper relationship and connection with it all it really becomes so much more enjoyable yeah okay so now I'm gonna pester you with another behind the scenes question that I'm sure people ask you all the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) is 
Yeah, there's actually two of them. Is one, how much of the stuff that you wear and post is borrowed? And then two, how big is your closet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two good questions. Um, It depends. Um, If you see me going to something that's maybe, say, like a gala or like a very big event, um, like I recently went to the Vanity Fair best dress list party that I posted about on my Instagram, that outfit was borrowed. So I added my own accessories. I added um, this, my own vintage top I had. I wore my own glasses and things like that. Like I get to accessorize it however I want. Um, but it's fun sometimes because if I'm going to like a really big event, I don't really want to go out and like buy a whole new dress that I'm going to maybe wear once. So to get to borrow something from maybe a designer you really, really love, it kind of makes you feel like Cinderella for the night. You get to, (laughs) you get to wear this amazing outfit that you wouldn't necessarily ever own because, you know, maybe you couldn't afford it or whatever it might be. So you get to just kind of feel like a princess, dress all up for the night, and then when it's over, you know, you have to send it back because obviously if I kept everything, my closet would be too jam-packed. Um, <laughs> but most of the time, like, if it's just, like, an outfit picture of me, like, on the street in New York City, it's usually always my clothing that I own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then closet size, I recently redid my closet over the summer because it was just getting, like, way out of hand (laughs) just because I do have so much um but I actually did like a revamp and like got a bunch of stuff from Home Depot and just like put it together myself and put up shelves and like just made it look very nice but it's not super large it's it's not um maybe like a Carrie Bradshaw-esque walk-in closet (laughs) I kind of I kind of just took a half of one of my bedrooms in my house and just like turned half of it into a closet kind of. Um, but it's still a work in progress. I posted, I posted a picture once of the inside of my closet and a lot of people were like, where is that? I was like, no, that's my closet. That's not a set or anything. Wait, I was just going to say, I, right. As you said that there's a picture on your Instagram and it actually does look like it's off of a movie set, but that is your closet. (laughs) That's amazing. That is my closet. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But that's just, you know, I just, was like, you know what, I want a nice closet, I'm going to make it happen, I, I get so much stuff, and I really do love fashion, so I was like, my stuff needs to be stored in a nice way, I like <laughs> keep the room cold, because it's better for the clothes and everything, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see, I'd love to have a huge closet, but maybe one day. Yeah, and now are you actually in Manhattan? So I actually live in Staten Island, which okay. is um, right outside of Manhattan, across the water, Yeah. It's one of the boroughs, but it's the forgotten borough. <laughs> but, but that gives um, you a little more space. Yeah, so I definitely have more space. And I also, I always joke, my friends always joke, they're like, you're like Hannah Montana, you live a double life. Because one minute, you know, I'm at a gala one night, or I'm at, you know, a movie premiere, or whatever it might be. And then in my next Insta story after that, I'm literally like back at my house, sitting on the couch, eating pizza with my cat. So... <laughs> I definitely, you know, I like the balance of being out at this really fun, crazy, cool party. But then at the end of the day, just being able to come home, relax, not hear really a lot of cars outside my house um, and just chill. That's like, you know, my favorite thing. And I think that balance is what really like helps me a lot because I'm always on the go. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for the glimpse into your personal life. It's really fun to hear what goes on. Um, All right. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about is um, the site because we haven't really talked about it at all. And there is Mm -hmm. a plethora of amazing career and industry resources and advice. Um, And I'll put the link in the show notes, of course. But talk a little bit about, you know, what you do on the site and why it's such a great resource for designers and what they can find there. Yeah. So as I quickly said before, you know, I started making it in Manhattan as a way to give back and a way to kind of what I say is draw back the curtain to what seems like a very exclusive industry and, you know, what seems very mysterious. I wanted to draw back the curtain and I wanted people to feel like they could feel like they're in the industry. Like through what they're reading from me, I want them to feel like they're reading something from you know, a best friend's big sister or from their older sister, someone that they can turn to and trust and rely on and turn to for advice. So that's why I really started the site. I just wanted to give back and I wanted people to feel like they could learn from it and they could achieve their dreams and that no dream is too big. Um, Anything is possible with hard work. And then, so on the site, a lot of what I write about is first person career advice essays. I'll really dive into various topics from like how to format a resume to, you know, how to sit front row at fashion week to, you know, everything and anything really. Um, no topic goes untouched really. Uh, I try to touch on a lot, a lot of things. And I even love getting suggestions from my readers. Like they'll send me messages sometimes on Instagram and be like, I'd really love to hear about this or I'd love to hear about that. And then, you know, in two weeks time, they'll see that article up on the site. And then I'll do interviews with various designers, stylists, influencers, YouTubers, um, and ask them about their lives. Because obviously, yeah, it's great to read about what I've been through. But I think at the same time, it's really nice to learn from others. Um, Even when I do the interviews, I feel like I'm learning because I get to read about and talk to these amazing individuals who have done so many incredible things. Um, So to get to read about their lives is not only beneficial, I think, for my readers, but I really love it. And then um, I definitely, of course, I offer style advice and fashion advice because I definitely have this kind of different eclectic sense of style. So I try to tap into that on the site a little bit through, you know, I just did this story on feathers because I'm currently obsessed with feathers <laughs> and it might not be like the traditional thing. Like, Oh, you know, I, you'd never see an article on the site entitled like shop these 10 black pieces. Like we, I would never, <laughs> we would never write about that. Ours is going to be like, this is a way to like have more fun with your wardrobe or this is a way to like wear feathers <laughs> or this is how you can wear, you know, sparkles during the day, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I try to offer a different kind of style advice, which I feel like a lot of sites, you know, maybe write about the same kind of stories and same kind of style. So when you come to making it in Manhattan, you're getting something different. You're getting something unique. You're getting something that's just straight up fun. Like we all, you know, me and my writers and anyone who contributes, we all genuinely love what we do. We also have a beauty vertical and I have a couple of beauty writers because honestly, I'm not a beauty person. I'm, I'm like a fashion girl. So 
I, but I wanted a beauty vertical. So I was like, okay, I put in my Insta story. I wrote a, hey, I need some beauty writers. I want to add a beauty vertical to making it in Manhattan. And I got a bunch of messages. So I just, you know, I'm always trying to move the site forward and bring it to the next step. And I really want to continue growing it. And I think there is a niche market out there for, yeah, fun career advice. But then also just like how to live your best life. I think that's what making in Manhattan is about. It's like about following your dreams fearlessly and not caring what anyone thinks. Like being your truest self, wearing the tutu in public <laughs> and loving yourself and not caring, you know, if there's judgmental eyes following you and looking at you or whatever it might be. Um, but so, yeah, we're just working on really growing the site. It's obviously what I consider a startup for sure. Um, but we'll see where it goes even within the next year or so. Yeah. Well, this is so amazing. I mean, you've made huge strides and you've really kind of gone after everything full force. Um, I know, you know, to go back to the tutu mention, you call yourself the modern day Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. <laughs> Anyone listening who doesn't know that reference, I imagine most will. Um, but yeah, congratulations. I mean, it's really phenomenal to see your fiercelessness and just to kind of go after what you want and and just do it. It's 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 really inspirational. So thank you for sharing your journey and all the the great stuff that you're doing. Um, so on that note, I would like to end with the one question I ask everybody at the end of the interview, and mm -hmm. that is, what is one thing people never ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish they did ask? No one ever really asks me this because I think they probably don't think it happens to me, but it does. No one ever asks me, like, do you ever not know what to wear? Or do you ever <laughs> have days? Or do you ever have days where you just, like, look at your closet and you're like, ugh, like, I have nothing to wear? Or, or have I ever had a day where I've tried on 50 looks and torn off all of them? And the answer is completely yes. Like, I feel like, you know, I have some people who definitely follow my Instagram you know, not really for the career advice, but really for the style. And they like, you know, the combos I put together, whatever it might be. I just kind of like throw on the quirkiest, craziest things I can find because I think that's fun. But um, there's definitely days where I look in the mirror and I try on a million outfits. And I'm just like, oh, I wish I didn't have to go shoot today or I wish I didn't have to, you know, wear something crazy today because I just don't know what to wear. There are definitely days like that. Um, and when I have those days, I personally will go online and I'll look for outfit inspiration. And, you know, there's days that I don't need inspiration. I'll just throw on whatever and it'll just click. And those are those magical days that I love. And I wish I had every day like that. But then there's days where I need to turn to Instagram or social media to look at someone whose style maybe I idolize and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to wear today. Like, you know, fashion gods give me some inspiration, I think. Because it's not all as seamless. You know, obviously Instagram makes it all look so, so easy and so, so simple. Like, you know, it's just as simple as uploading the picture kind of thing. But it definitely is a lot of hard work and a lot of thought goes into it. Yeah, I love that answer because <laughs> you do pull off the craziest outfit sometimes. And I'm like, that is so random and you are, you're killing it. And so it, it can look very, like you could 
close your eyes and pick out four random things and put them on and layer it just right and it, tuck it in just right and it would totally work. So it's it's relieving um, to hear that, you know, sometimes you have a bad outfit day or like this is just not working and it's, and it's not as easy as it looks. So thanks for being so humble and sharing that. Yeah, of course, of course. At the end of the day, we all have our, you know, wardrobe and you know, our outfit malfunctions and struggles. Yeah, but it's easy to look at someone who on their social presence looks like they have it all together and just assume that they always do have it all together. So it's very relieving to hear that it's not always (laughs) the case and we all have our moments. Um, Great, Caroline. And please share exactly where everybody can find you online. Yeah, so if you want to go check out my website, it's makingmanhattan.com. My personal Instagram handle is at cvazana, which is my first initial and my last name. And then you can find Making It in Manhattan on Instagram at makingmanhattanofficial. Awesome. And I will link to all of that in the show notes. Caroline, this has been so much fun. Before we end, I do want to throw out one thing. Um, You made the comment earlier that you just have to not take no for an answer or look at it as not right now. And so just to have a humble moment for myself, I really wanted to interview you. And I think it took me like seven or eight email (laughs) follow-ups and some coordination with your assistant. And I was happy to do that because I was like, you know what, I really, really want to chat with her. And it takes that persistence, that consistency. And so you don't always get it on the first email. You don't always get it on the third email. But I just Mm -hmm. continue to very friendly, in a very (laughs) friendly manner. Hey, just wanted to check in and see if we can get this scheduled. I know you're super crazy busy. And it took a few months and a little bit of time. But those are those things that you get that interview, you get that internship, you get that job, you get that collab, whatever it is. You do have to, um, as I say, sort of a friendly reminder. Um, At some point, you know, you stop or if they tell you to stop, you stop. But (laughs) just to just to be transparent about that, um, you know, it happens to all of us. We we kind of have to follow up, follow up, follow up to get what we want. So thank you for agreeing to do this and fitting me into your schedule. It's been a a great pleasure chatting. I was so happy to. And like you said, I get so many emails. So when you would jump back up to the top of my email, I was like, I need to schedule this. (laughs) It was one of those things on my to-do list. And you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And I'm so, so happy we were able to do this. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. And it's, it's good to know sometimes it's not because the person doesn't want to. It's just that they forget and they need that reminder for it to pop back Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Caroline. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Again, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed the episode, I'd be so grateful if you could take 30 seconds to leave a rating or review. You can do that at sfdnetwork.com slash review. And as a quick reminder, if you haven't yet downloaded the ultimate guide to being a freelance fashion designer, it's the 20,000 word absolutely free guide that I released recently that walks you through all the steps you need to start or grow your career in freelancing. I'm also opening up the doors to my brand new coaching and mastermind course next week, which will cover everything in depth and get you hands-on support to 
either starting or growing your freelance career. If you want to hear more about that and make sure you are on the list to know when it opens, seats are extremely limited so I can work with everybody one-on-one, make sure to sign up at sfdnetwork.com slash freelancer and I'll email you all the info. Thanks so much again, you guys. I am so Heidi and I will talk to you next week.